The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is the Lord our God. And we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 74 on page 430. O God, wherefore art thou absent from us so long? Why is thy wrath so hot against the sheep of thy pasture? O think upon thy congregation, whom thou hast purchased and redeemed, O old. Think upon the tribe of thine inheritance, and Mount Zion, whereon thou hast dwelt. Lift up thy feet, and thou mayest utterly destroy every enemy, which thou hast done evil in thy sanctuary. Thine adversaries roar in the midst of thy congregations, and set up their banners for tokens. He that hewed timber afore out of the thick trees was known to bring it to an excellent work. But now they break down all the carved work thereof with axes and hammers. They have set fire upon thy holy place and have defiled the dwelling place of thy name even unto the ground. Yea, they said in their hearts, Let us make havoc of them altogether. Thus have they burned up all the houses of God in the land. We see not our tokens, there is not one prophet more, no, not one is there among us that understandeth any more. O God, how long shall thy adversary do this dishonor? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why withdrawest thou thy hand? Why pluckest thou not thy right hand out of the bosom to consume the enemy? For God is my king of old. The help that is done upon earth, he doeth it himself. He doeth divide the sea through thy power. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou smotest the heads of Leviathan in pieces, and gavest him to be meat for the people of the wilderness. Thou broughtest the fountains of water out of the hard rock. Thou driest up mighty rivers. The day is thine, and thy night is thine 
Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. Thou hast made them summer and winter. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy hath rebuked, and how the foolish people hath blasphemed thy name. O deliver not the soul of thy turtle dove unto the multitude of the enemy, and forget not the congregation of the poor forever. Look upon the covenant, for all the earth is full of darkness and cruel habitation. O let not the simple go away ashamed, and let the poor and needy give praise unto thy name. Rise, O God, maintain thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man blasphemeth thee daily. Forget not the voice of thine enemies. The presumption of them that hate thee increaseth evermore and more. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being seventeen years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all their other brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream, and told it to his brothers, and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him, and there he was, wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, They have departed from here. For I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him, 
and cast him into some pit, and we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands, and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh, on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit, and he tore his clothes. And he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son for many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven. Praise and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. Here beginneth the tenth chapter of the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank of the same spiritual drink. And they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, 
and that rock was Christ. But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters, as, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day twenty-three thousand fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, 
forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. We beseech thee, Almighty God, look upon the hearty desires of thy humble servants, and stretch forth thy right hand of thy majesty to be our defense against all our enemies through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. Our lessons today, I, they highlight certain themes that, that are prevalent in the Christian life. And apart from the, especially in Genesis, the mere facts of the story, there's a kind of larger theme we want to pay attention to. So we have here in um, Joseph um, what is evidently a pretty spoiled kid. Um, we we had before where um, uh, you know Jacob was mommy's uh, favorite. Now we have uh, Joseph here, who clearly is dad's. He's got a, a sort of a, a brightly colored shirt. Uh, he and and clearly his brothers resented, and clearly he acts in a way that's completely unaware of his brother's resentment. You know. And his dad also sending him out in his brightly colored, you know, sort of favored shirt to go find his brothers unaware of their resentments. There's a lot of stuff in this. And then he has dreams that, that, that clearly express the reality that he's going to be uh, ruling over them. And that's not something that, you know, older brothers with a sort of spoiled younger brother really are anxious to hear. And so there's, a, you know, there's an intensity of hatred and, and so, um, the, of course, the, the, the selling of Joseph into Egypt, a lot of this is going to parallel for us, foreshadow for us the resurrection narrative. Joseph betrayed by his brother, sold, those coins exchanged. He goes down to Egypt. Jesus betrayed uh, uh, by, by, a, by a, a follower. Um, over into the hands of, of the adversaries. And of course, metaphorically, he will go down into Hades for us and rise. Joseph will go down into Egypt and rise. There'll be a profound scene at the end of Genesis where the uh, 12 brothers, uh, uh, the 11 brothers, look in amazement at Joseph, realizing he's alive. <clears throat> this kind of parallel the resurrection narratives with the apostles, where Jesus appears for the apostles, and they're 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 amazed he's alive. Um, but at a more basic level of of connection, 
we see that in Joseph is going to learn um, faithfulness, obedience, humility through what he suffers. He's going to go down into Egypt. It's a brutal thing. He's going to spend time in Pharaoh's dungeon, work his way up, be opposed, and eventually he's going. God's going to uh, to lift him up. And in our own lives of faith, there's there's this reality that God works through the actual events of our lives to teach us things. We don't learn, um, for example, humility by <clears throat> by reading a book about humility. We learn humility by being humbled <laughs> by life's events. And I think what the Joseph story can teach us is that there are sometimes the visible events of life which seem unfair, cruel, unjust. And then there's the larger spiritual purpose that God is working in us through those events to teach us his um, virtue, to teach us surrender, humility, trust, patience. And God's promise prevails. God, these things that Joseph dreamed, they're going to come to pass, but a lot's going to happen to him before they do. So in our lives of faith, God has promised us a lot. But a lot of change has to take place in us to make us the kind of people who are prepared to receive what God has to give us. And that's kind of, you know, that's sort of the, the humbling and testing. And that that connects to our New Testament lesson in the sense that um, where the Christian life is likened to the wilderness experience of Israel. And we should be really aware of what's happening here is that what St. Paul is saying is this is the story that governs, this is the story you've been brought into through baptism and faith. And what's important about this is that in the culture we live in, we tend to think, um, we tend to import Jesus into the narrative of the world we're living in. A narrative of the world is, is more of a consumer happiness narrative. We're in the world trying to get the things we want to be happy uh, and uh, trying to you know, find things in the world that will give us what we want. And actually being a follower of Christ, no, we're in a different narrative. <clears throat> We've been baptized into Christ as Israel was baptized in the Red Sea. We've been brought into the wilderness. And, and so this world is seen as a time of wilderness testing, preparing us for the promised land. It's more than Israel's wilderness temptation because we live in the kingdom through the gift of the Spirit. We're already participating in the kingdom. Yet that testing component where as we're following Christ in the Spirit, we're tested and new things and virtues are formed in us like Joseph in Egypt. This, so this is when, when, we, when we don't get what we want in this life, when the happiness consumer narrative doesn't seem to work that reminds us that's not the story we're living in at all. We're living in a story that we're living in Christ in which God is testing us, proving us, working out the bad, confirming the good uh, in, in, with the intention to bring us ultimately to the promised land, uh, which is the resurrection ultimately. But it's also experienced in this life in wilderness seasons that give way to times of of God appearing and, and showing himself in a way. And those temporal rhythms of, you know, trial, testing, suffering, and relief, and a, you know, a revelation of God's grace are foreshadowings of the ultimate narrative we're participating in, where our death will lead to resurrection. And lastly, we can connect to the psalm, where the psalmist is 
it's really the setting is after the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. It seems to be anyway. He's lamenting that they've broken down the carved works and and you know God, will you remember it? We how, why do you forget us? And and he remembers God's covenant, and so he is in a posture of waiting for for Christ to come. And that's the essential posture of the Christian life of prayer, waiting, understanding what God is doing in us now in our lives. If we're in a situation where we're a Joseph in Egypt, we're going through some trial, we're in the wilderness, so we're waiting for God to come. And we know he will. We know his promise is sure and certain. And we know there will be relief, you know, often in temporal graces and certainly in the resurrection and the life of the world to come. And this is the narrative we should renew ourselves in in the Lenten season as we look for the, the, the joy of the resurrection uh, when Easter comes. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. We humbly beseech thee for all sins and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together with a general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all, for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you to Barb and Robert. It was great to be with you this morning. Have a great Tuesday. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye, kiddos.